0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report for We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Uh, Quick um, point of privilege.
4: Quick point of personal privilege.
0: Yes. I can handle things. I'm smart. This is Armstrong and Kevin. Pretty damn cool. He
1: is Armstrong and you're listening to the best
5: of the Armstrong and Getty show. Ted Cruz was on the, uh, was on a panel in the Senate. I, uh, technology, I, I'm not even sure what panel it was, but he was uh, talking to a professor, um, and uh, who studies uh, tech and searches and, and how it influences opinion and votes. And it's interesting. Ted has adopted or has moved back into a much more reasonable, curious,
1: likable guy thing. He he went with like bomb chucking and obnoxious for a while. Well, he was running for president. Yeah, he, or, or I think he, that's off the table now. I wonder yeah. if the bateau thing humbled him a little bit too. Well, you're a senator. You win. You got six years. You don't have to. You don't have to be in the bomb chucking game. Yeah, yeah. But,
3: Donald uh, Trump may be a rat, but I have no desire to copulate with
1: him. Uh, good, good times
3: and a
5: brilliant line. Uh, but anyway, here oh, he is. Uh, awesome. Do we have the name of this professor? I, I left the, the the fact sheet I had in, in the office like an idiot, but we'll we'll get it for you. Um, but let's listen in for a minute.
3: Same approach at Google. Um, Dr. Epstein, I, I found your testimony incredibly powerful and incredibly concerning. And And if anyone draws news out of this hearing, I would encourage you to review very carefully Dr. Epstein's testimony. And I'd like to take a moment to make clear several things. First of all, as I understand your background, uh, you're not a Republican, and and, and nor are you a conservative. Is that accurate? That would be an understatement. (laughs)
4: Um, And and
3: indeed, you're the former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today. Correct. So you're a respected academic. You testified before this committee that Google's manipulation of votes Gave at least 2.6 million additional votes to Hillary Clinton in the year 2016. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, we got to stop and, it and,
1: there. Okay, let everybody, let that sink in, everybody. Yeah. Do you realize what you just heard? What does he mean by manipulation what of votes? What was that number? He, we'll, he'll, he'll we're going to hear that. more, but would you hear that number? Yeah. 2.6 million. Wow. Okay.
4: Hmm. That's me. correct.
3: And, and I want to make sure I understand you personally supported and voted for Hillary Clinton.
4: I was a very strong public supporter of Hillary Clinton, yes.
3: So, you're not dismayed that people voted for her, but your testimony is that Google is, through bias in search results, manipulating voters in a way they're not aware of?
4: On a massive scale. And what I'm saying is that I believe in democracy, I believe in the free and fair election, Uh, more than I have any kind of allegiance to a candidate or a party.
3: And and looking forward, if I understood your testimony correctly, you said in subsequent elections, Google and Facebook and Twitter and big text manipulation could manipulate as many as 15 million votes in a subsequent election?
4: In 2020, if all these companies are supporting the same candidate, there are 15 million votes on the line that can be shifted without people's knowledge and without leaving a paper trail for authorities to trace. Okay, that, hold that on right describe- there.
1: So the, uh, this guy, one thing I really liked about this guy when I watched it was... He clearly is playing the long game for democracy, because even if you're thinking, I don't care, Google's on my side. It's not always going to be that way, that that whatever tech company can manipulate votes is going to be on your side. Right. And it could work against you as easily as it could work for you. It's the same with the Russian interference thing. And so interference thing, it's not always going to help your side.
5: As we said many times during the Obama administration, be careful giving the president kingly powers because you might not like the next guy. And we'll say it to Republicans right now. Uh, Robert Epstein is, um, I'll get his, is where he works and the rest of it, but uh, that's his name. Anyway, rolling along.
4: For authorities to trace.
3: Now, now you described the go vote reminder, and you said it wasn't a public service announcement, but rather manipulation. Can you explain how, I'm not sure everyone followed the details of that.
4: Well, sure. Um, If on Election Day in 2016, if Mark Zuckerberg, for example, had chosen to send out a go vote reminder say just to Democrats, and no one would have known if he had done this, that would have given that day an additional at least 450,000 votes to Democrats. And we know this without doubt because of Facebook's own published data, because they did an experiment that they didn't tell anyone about during the 2010 election. They published it in 2012. It had 60 million Facebook users involved. They sent out a go vote reminder, and they got something like 360,000 more people to get off their sofas and go vote who otherwise would have stayed home. The point is, I don't think that Mr. Zuckerberg sent out that reminder uh, in 2016. I think he was overconfident. I think Google, Google was overconfident. They, all these companies were. Uh, I don't think he sent that out. Without monitoring systems in place, we'll never know what these companies are doing. But the point is, in 2018, I'm sure they were more aggressive. We have lots of data to support that. And in 2020, you can bet that all of these companies are going to go all out. And the methods that they're using are invisible. They're subliminal. They're more powerful than most any effects I've ever seen in the behavioral sciences, and I've been in the behavioral sciences for almost 40 years. You know,
3: our Democratic colleagues on this committee often talk about what they view as the pernicious effect of big money and big corporate dollars. Uh, What you are testifying to is that a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires and giant corporations are able to spend millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, collectively, massively influencing the results of elections and there's no accountability you said we don't know we have no way of knowing if google or facebook or twitter sends it sends its democrats or republicans or how they bias it because it's a black box with 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 no transparency or accountability whatsoever I mean, am i understanding
4: you correctly senator with respect i must correct you please if Mark Zuckerberg chooses to send out a go vote reminder just to Democrats on election day, that doesn't cost him a dime.
5: Can you pause that, Sean? Um so listen, I uh, I hear some of you thinking I'm thinking like uh, like crazy about that that testimony by Robert Epstein. He's a PhD with the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology. He went to Harvard the rest of it. He's well respected. He's a frequent commentator on uh, NPR and all sorts of uh, liberal networks. Um uh, but My mind is a whirling. First of all, that is enormous power in a few hands. You could make the argument. Few is in like two people. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly you could uh, put them all in a minivan and and take them to Cupertino. Um, On the other hand, if all they're doing is as. They're private citizens. They're not government officials. They're using their company to say, hey, go vote today. Don't forget today's election day, and only targeting Democrats. I don't there's nothing illegal about that. Is there anything immoral about that? I, I I absolutely think people ought to know what they're dealing with and what these
1: companies are. Um I think no and no there. Illegal and immoral, no and no.
5: Yeah. But shocking and amazing and how comfortable are you with that sort of power resting in a, a very few people's hands? Um, the go vote thing. I can understand Without it. anybody having any idea that they're doing it or have any record of it having been done.
1: All right. The, the, if you're skeptical as to whether that go vote would work as well as this guy says or Facebook agrees, it gets back to the conversation we were having earlier about how you can absolutely know it's your wife's birthday and then space it off on that day. This is for those people facebook saying hey, it's election day oh yeah
5: right well and which one of us man woman young old black white other um hasn't had a friend or a spouse say oh come on and you say all right sometimes hey let's go vote remember to vote it's important go vote today it only takes a couple well, minutes so well, it's enough to get a lot of people off the couch and Shh. this guy's one of the foremost researchers in the field in the world
1: and a hillary supporter and a lefty and huh. uh, and all that, but he he's worried about it for the for the long haul because yeah he, the 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 other side will will uh, will eventually uh, get it too.
5: Sure, um, if you can slog your way through Ayn Rand, you can easily picture some you know big evil person of 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 some political bent you hate getting control of
1: these corporations and and, and doing something you hate with them. Boy, that's really interesting. So he thinks he does, there's no way to know if they did it or not in 2016, but he doesn't think they did only because everybody knew Hillary was going to win so easily. There was no, there was no point in worrying about it, but that's, that's, those days are gone. Nobody will ever feel that way again. Right. No No matter who's ahead by how much.
5: Targeting a certain number of districts in a certain number of swing states, the, the effect that could have. Because remember, you don't have to paint the entire country; you just sure. have to flip districts.
1: Yeah, you'd be no need to. Although it costs him nothing and takes very little, just a couple of keystrokes. Yeah, but he doesn't need to hit um, New York and California with "get out and vote." They're going to go out and vote, and the Democrats going to win. Right, but mm-hmm. you deal with Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and those places, Florida. You know, feel free to text. Here's the text number. You should have it in your phone in case someday you want to.
5: 415-295-KFTC. No, we don't have one of those fancy five digit ones for some reason. Again, cause we're stupid. 415-295-KFTC or email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Um,
1: unplug if, the internet. That's my, uh, that's my cause. If you are against huge corporate
5: dollars in politics, how can you be In favor of wielding this sort of corporate power in politics. Oh, absolutely. because hey, I, the, the, Like the Koch brothers. ooh,
1: Scary! Well, the right. Koch brothers! Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, any of the people that are on the debate stage regularly, Citizens United has ruined. Okay, right. maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. How about this thing? How about this Let me finish my point, please. Okay. The Koch brothers use
5: money to achieve precisely what Mark Zuckerberg can do for free. And you don't mind the money. Surely you don't mind radio stations getting ad revenue. Um, you mind the effect they're having. So you have to hate this if you're a lefty who's been
1: screaming about money and politics. Well, and the, and the computer thing would be way more effective. Oh, with the Koch brothers. And again. You can't place. target people with the money the same way. No, it's wildly
5: inefficient compared to what Google can do with manipulated search results and Facebook and the rest of them. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best
1: of. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> We got a new study out that finds anger is actually more effective during halftime speeches than inspiration. <laughs> Researchers at the University anger of Anger Cal- is more effective than right. inspiration. Yes. What's
5: the matter with you bums? <laughs> Do you want to lose? You like losing. You're losers.
1: <laughs> Researchers at the University of Cal- As opposed to you get one chance in life. And this is the chance for us all to come together. Nah. We'll remember this game for the rest of our lives.
3: If <laughs> we lose it, you losers.
1: Yeah, you got to throw a cooler. You got to smash a lot. Yes. University of California, Berkeley researchers analyzed hundreds of halftime speeches and final scores from high school and college basketball games and found that players seemed to perform better after a harsh, more negative
0: halftime speech from their coach.
5: I'm going to call my mother, ask if she can come and play some defense. Because you guys play defense worse than old women. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Jones. It's good stuff. They
1: they even discovered that the more negativity a coach includes during a halftime speech, the more the team typically outscored their
5: opponents in the second half. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. (laughs) Uh, You know, it, it was funny. I had a conversation with a guy the other day about coaching, and it was clear he just didn't get it. Um, I love coaching. I love coaching theory. I was, I've been supporting uh, the Positive Coaching Alliance for a right. long time, um, and I, I prefer positive coaching to negative. Um, but that that's interesting. I want, is that sound, Jack, do you think? It wouldn't work on me is but. your freakonomics uh bone a or? i don't know
1: i'm trying to noodle this through i just it's surprising to me
5: well because the best coaching is you you reinforce what people are doing well right and you praise it and you make sure they know they're appreciated and you let them know how they
1: can do better my um, my limited personal experience is that being the most successful well, R- having seen in high school, but that's but, you know, limited to just my experience. Not all coaching is equal, right? Like if you're trying to teach a little leaguer the love of baseball, yes, that's a very good thing. If you're trying to win championships at a state or professional level, no. Yeah, I, I'm not here to, to re-emphasize the things that you're doing good, Johnny. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I tell you what... There's a very different uh,
5: approach to coaching in practice yeah. and at, at the halftime of a game, yes. too. Yes, Very different.
1: I have heard uh, Tom Tolbert. A former NBA player on his radio show talking about how, and the pros are just no speeches. I mean, people roll their eyes at any speeches. We're professionals. We right. motivate ourselves. That's how we got here. Right. Just, yeah, the, let's strategize. <laughs> let's not motivate. And that's probably right. why you hear a lot of the coaches. They don't say anything really in the locker room. They just point out a couple of things. And I remember what's-his-name's on fire, so keep an eye on him or whatever. But right. there's no inspiration or yelling. Don't yeah. yell at me. I make five times as much money as you. But <laughs> <Well>, we're talking <laughs> We're talking about uh, college, right? Yeah, yeah, college,
5: yeah and school school. In college and high school. And high yeah. school, yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> how how negative works, though? Did they uh, have like a sliding scale? I mean, Jones, you don't start playing defense. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I mean, that's probably too negative. <laughs> I hate
1: you. I hate you all. It's probably too much. That reminds me of the Peyton Manning Saturday Night Live bit when he's playing with the little kids and throwing oh, yeah. the football. Yeah. Oh, come. Just (laughs) drilling them in the chest.
0: (laughs) Are you trying to lose?
1: (laughs) All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Is it just when you're a kid, you're scared of adults? Is that it? Just get your adrenaline going? Because when you you want to rise to their expectations, I think that's it. (laughs) As, or, as, as a player, player. <laughs> I would guess it is yeah. it, that starts being effective at yeah. the varsity high school level. I think before that, you probably get a lot of kids who kind of shut down. They that. become yeah. fearful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Afraid to do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's where I would always. always oh, jeez, he's going to be mad. Yeah,
5: <laughs> I better do nothing.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had a soccer coach that would smoke in his van as we would go <laughs> run laps. <laughs> That <laughs> was great.
1: Not sure
5: how
4: that motivating
1: face. was that. Him smoking in his van. Yeah, <laughs> Boy, not real motivating. I
5: tell you what, for for uh, younger fags, friends of Armstrong, you get it. You might be amused by this. My little league coach, who I absolutely loved, I love to this day. He's passed on, but um, and this was in the seventies. Um, was that right? Yeah, the late late seventies. Yeah, he would chain smoke filterless Pall Malls. Oh. On, on the bench during games and practices, he would drain a six-pack every <laughs> practice.
1: Uh, Old-style beer, by the way, in bottles. During practice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And this is not 100 years ago. Something that would make national news now is just such an example of bad behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was a great coach, too, man. He underst- How many of your lives were ruined by <laughs> them?
5: Yeah. Practically all of them. Exactly. He, he understood people and kids so well. Um, He was like a father figure and a pretty damn good baseball coach, yeah. but just completely outrageous. I mean, he would not last five minutes. Oh, no.
1: No, well, of course not. In, he wouldn't last five minutes. In modern as you America. Walk to the practice <laughs> right. field with your six-pack. What, what are you doing? You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
5: Armstrong and Getty. This is Best of
1: Armstrong
0: and Getty. More
1: on Oregon's new law for high school kids to be able to take a mental health day. Can't imagine if you'd have told me, if, if somebody had introduced to me at age 15, if there if there's a day when you just really don't feel like you can do it, right. you can go ahead and stay home. I'd have been home the next day. I just I don't see how this works in practicality. Right, obviously. Do they, the number's got
5: to be limited, right? Well, I'm sure it is, but whatever it is, I would yeah, be I using them all. But the whole point is that you got to do stuff you don't feel like.
1: Your and sometimes when life, you
5: really, really, really don't feel like it, and that's what character is. That's what toughness is. It's what you need. Although, I don't know. God, the kids with their, their their social media and their online trolling and the rest of it, and anxiety at levels that have never existed before, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Maybe they need it. I was at a park yesterday, a skateboard park, upscale neighborhood, and went over to use the restroom while my son is uh, scootering around the skateboard park. And the restroom is now, uh, the signs on the door say all-gender restroom on both of them. Used to be a men's and a women's for the several years I've been going. Now now they both say all-gender, and somebody had scratched into the metal plate. The words uh, woman on one side and men on the other side. And I thought that was interesting because I just, I wonder what percentage of people, getting back to what is really going on versus the fanciful world that's presented to us. And pushed hard by a tiny percentage. Right? What percentage of people that show up to that restroom in that park like the idea of an all-gender restroom as opposed to a men's and a women's, the way it's always been. But it's pretty small. I bet it's tiny, vanishingly small as they Uh say
5: in the statistics business Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing you know i was thinking about this actually during the break how the desperation from people's eyes and ears is just growing and growing and so the the cable news networks in particular they've decided that constant strife and crisis is the way to keep you tuned in so it's funny once you become aware of it and uh and enjoy this for the next 48 hours look for the word crisis in news stories in headlines Uh, It's it's everywhere. Everything is a crisis all the time. And the other example of it is I heard some blubbering halfwit Democrat congresswoman on the CNN this morning, and she was throwing around the words racist and hate um, indiscriminately to describe everybody she disagrees with. I was rooting for if it was a pool and she'd said fascist, I would have won big, but she never actually used the term fascist. And so, that's gosh, that's another one now. No, if everything is racist, nothing is racist. Nothing is hate speech. Nobody's a fascist. It's just, what's interesting to me is what's next after this, this period where everybody's going full on, hair on fire. This is a crisis of hate. When the president says something mean in a tweet or whatever, what what comes next? Just like widespread cynicism like they have going in Russia, where nobody believes every, anything and everybody just shuffles around staring at the ground or what? I don't know.
1: From widespread hate to widespread heat, over 100 cities set records over the weekend. Mm. I don't know. If that never happens or happens every summer, I don't really have any perspective for that. It Seems does. warm to me. does. It was kind of cool, uh, seasonally speaking, where I live, but uh, that's fun. Uh, also, um, this $400 emergency question that the USA Today dug into a little more. Uh, maybe we'll get to that later in the program. I heard Mr. Bullock, the governor of Montana who's running for president, finally got a little time on one of the talk shows yesterday, and he's uh, made the debate stage. So throw him into the mix as a 1% or less candidate out there. What would you think of him? He strikes me as a smart and reasonable guy. Yeah, he is all right, but uh, he... Doesn't doesn't have the magic? He wrote... He rubbed me raw on the whole f- We live in a country where half of Americans don't have $400 for an emergency. And that's because, and I thought, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not going with you there. Certainly yeah. not going with you there. $400 for, we got this text. Um, do you have a smartphone and an account? How about you don't have that for a little while until you get $400? Do you have Netflix and Hulu and that sort of stuff? Get rid of that. Uh, do you have $400 worth of tattoos uh, for you and your wife? Get rid of those. Um, the well, you don't you get your money ahead. back on Re- tattoos. Oh no, well, don't get them in the first place. I, I need to return this, place. <laughs> don't get them in the first place until you have $400 in a freaking bank I heard that. to be able to handle a minor crisis.
5: Well, I like the Armstrong principle that you stated, I think it was last week, that I will not offer any sympathy to you until I have seen an analysis of your spending. The idea that financial uh, security is a one-question question, and that question is income, and that's
1: it. Is ridiculous. It's income and outgo. The, the question is actually, would have trouble paying a $400 bill, whether you could or not. I don't, I don't know what qualifies as having trouble. But four out of ten households maintain that they would have trouble paying for a $400 unexpected expense, including 17% of households with more than a six-figure income. Okay. There you go. You got a six figure income in your household. 17% of those households could not handle a $400 unexpected expense. That's,
5: well, that is living absolutely to the end of your means, if not beyond, which used to be seen as immoral. It was like punching someone on the street is immoral, or defecating on the street is immoral. It was
1: seen as immoral to
5: live a profligate
1: life. What seems to be immoral is questioning this at all, as you're supposed to just say, oh my God, that's so terrible that they're in that situation. What do we do to change society to make sure that they have more money? Right. Because that's the way it's presented all the time. I haven't seen anybody yet even ask the questions we're talking about.
5: Mm. It's kind of pathetic, really. A little little troubling. Yeah. I mean, if... If I became aware that one of my kids was living like that, spending like a lunatic and then whining when they were out of money, I would think, okay, i got to be kind of diplomatic here, but I'm going to yell at them because that's stupid and pathetic.
1: Yet we're running an entire society? With that philosophy? Or, or how, how does that happen? Here's a good day. So on the mental health day law that they now have in Oregon, where in high school you can take a mental health day. Yeah. If you're not into it that day, You can. it's an excused absence like if you uh, had the flu. Um I wonder how many mental health days will be on days when papers are due. Yeah, no mm. kidding. Right. How many times did I had I had not finished my paper and I was going to have to scrawl out the last bit of it in the hallway before class right. started or over lunch hour, would I have taken that day as, you know, I'm really not feeling into it today since I'm only halfway through my paper that's due.
5: Funny coincidence, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Midterms are today and I'm having a mental health crisis.
1: So see you tomorrow. God, that made my stomach tighten up thinking about it. And speaking of, you know, You don't have $400, it's your own fault. It was my own fault. Nobody did this to me, but putting off my paper, and I got to finish it in the morning, and, oh, it's just the (laughs) worst. (laughs) Finishing it, trying to write on on the floor in the hallway outside the classroom door. To finish something, just all oh, the worst.
5: You know what? I'm a terrible uh, person. Is the problem? You know what really bothers me, Jack, is that uh, I I think about you, and then I think about that uh, that young woman in your class who planned ahead and turned in the rough draft and the rest of it. and the grade inequality, your rough drafts,
1: sure, right? Rough drafts. I know. Yeah. I've never done one in my life. The rough no, draft is no. the final draft. What
5: bothers me is the grade inequality and the paper inequality that existed in your class. How she had so much more than you did. and nobody ever asks Jack about, why are you scrawling the end as you walk into class?
1: Where are... Same idea. The people that turned in their papers early, like it's due on Friday, but you went ahead and turned it in on Tuesday, because you were you're done with it, and I might as well give it to the teacher in front of everybody else to lord it over you. Yes. Um, where, where do those people end up? Are they all our bosses now, or did they go crazy and kill themselves? Or I don't know. Some of each, probably. <laughs> people might as well have been like a time-traveling alien for as little as I understood their, their perspective of the world. Right. Uh. You turned it in early. The the teacher's not even asking for it, and you gave it to them. Well, and you know, it was. Uh, I remember... From college,
5: thinking I want so badly to be the kind of guy who will go today and get started on this. All right, I, I want to get it done. I want to do the research. I want to. I. I it, it, but I knew myself well enough to not say, "All right, this time I'm going to." See, I, I, did, just I did. I did that. I did that oh, very did thing every time. <laughs> oh,
1: this boy. time, this this semester. This semester, they put out the assignment. First day, I go to the library and get started on this. And I do a little bit every day, so I'm not in this sort of I crisis. Chip away, chip away. <laughs> It'll be great.
4: You know, the rough draft is like Bigfoot. It's actually never been seen.
1: <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad that they, they, they pushed that on you. It's a good idea, actually. It With It the... is a
5: good idea. It's yeah, sure. a fine, fine idea. <laughs> And one that I embraced, actually, later in life uh, for various assignments. But I used to crank out my usual B-plus final draft, which was the first draft that ever existed. Sure. And then, like, I can't <laughs> photocopy it or, or co- print out another one of them, and like hastily scratch stuff out and write other phrases oh, yeah. in, and There's all. That was
1: the worst. The teachers that wanted to see the rough draft, right, to try to force you to do it, so that I'd write the paper. Then I got to write the paper again, but more sadly. and <laughs> 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 scratch out some words, which okay. is more work, by the way, than yes. doing a rough draft in yes. the first place. Idiot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what God are you gonna do? Dang it. <laughs> I know i got at least one kid that's going to do it the same way, too. Armstrong
5: and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is
2: the best of Armstrong and Getty.
1: This is why customer service feels so lousy. Companies know how angry they can make you now and still win your business. This is so funny slash horrifying. And obvious. It's and, uh And it's got to do with the amount of data that they can collect now. They record all the phone calls. So down to the, your tone of voice... How long you're on hold, um, you know, prices, all this. How far they can push you before you'll actually leave them and go to another company. So do they have like a red flasher that goes off as you're saying to the customer service idiot? Listen,
5: I've already told you how many. And and it, whoop, whoop,
1: he's at a four. Your customer is at a four.
5: Sir, I think we can help you.
1: I'll tell you the key here in just a moment from the Wall Street Journal of what you got to do. We got a number of texts about this. And I've been complaining about customer service getting worse for a long time. Um, I wonder if some of it has to do with. It's so hard to fire people. So you don't have to be as concerned about being a good employee. That could be part of it, right? If you're the yes. front desk person at a store. But they're related.
5: They're related. Because if you. Back in the day. You would be fired because there was a perception that we will lose this person's business if this person keeps abusing our customers like this. And now, you know, it, it, there's no there's no real incentive
1: if you know how mad you can make people. You're not going to be proactive or careful about it. Yeah, but who's who, yeah, yeah, and they've they've made the calculation that look they they don't like the the, the surly person at the front desk. But they're not going to leave us for that. So I'm not going to pay extra to get a happy person at the front desk. I I understand that calculation that they've made. Right.
5: I hear your point, though. I mean, if you can't fire people, you'll
1: find a way to work around it. But now it is always amazing to me. And, like, I want to do something for this employee when it happens to me. Like, you can go to to some sort of store and you ask somebody, uh, you know, I can't find the blank. Do you have any of these? No, we probably don't. Probably don't or don't. Right. I don't think we do. Well, are you sure? Is there a way you can check? Right. Or you run into the employee of you know that really works. No, I don't think. I think I'm, I think there might be somebody over here, and then they go look over there, and I think we might have some back. Wait for just a second, and right. they and they like really go out of their way, yeah. to make sure you get this thing. It's not going to have any effect on their pay. In fact, it was. It was more work for them to satisfy me than if they had just said, no, I think we're out of those. Right. But they did it anyway. Yeah. And I think that I think mostly most of the time now it just comes down to your personality You when you run into people that do that. But I'm always so pleased when I come across one of those people. I think, thank you. I really needed this X and you got it for me. And if it had been a lot of other employees, I wouldn't have gotten this X because you had to do you had to make. Two clicks on the computer to check and see if you have it in stock or walk 15 feet. <laughs> but a lot of people don't want to do that.
5: You ever done the uh, phone first thing? You call and you say, hey, do you have any X in stock? And they say, yeah. Then you get there and they don't. And they oh, yeah. say, uh, computer said we did. Where's the shelf? It's right there. It's 10 feet away from you. You couldn't look. Couldn't
1: eyeball it. <laughs> I got this text from somebody who worked in customer service. The major grocery store chain I worked for wanted me gone, I think, because I was too helpful and too many customers texted or emailed nice comments about me. I don't know if I buy that, but I like this part. Why would uh, you want to get rid of somebody? Well, like right. That? I, You're I, paranoid. I that, yeah, I think that's paranoid, but I like this part. I busted my butt for customers, except in the deli. I refused to make sandwiches because that's a guaranteed complaint area. I refused to repeatedly do the sandwich bar, so they encouraged me to resign. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm not making any damn sandwiches. <laughs> A deli. I bet that is the guaranteed complaint area. That's too much mayonnaise.
0: There <laughs> yeah, you do
5: it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm super picky about some stuff, but I just can't get mad about that stuff. I just. Yeah. I don't either.
1: I. I definitely, Life's too short. I definitely know people who do. Yeah. yeah. I think. How would you know how much mayonnaise I want? I don't think you did it on purpose to make me mad or anything like that. But. Right, right. Um, but so I, I ought to get to the key the key thing here that the Wall Street Journal seems to suggest. Yes, please. You're abusing our customers by screwing around and not getting to the key thing. As they go through a bunch of people that in this particular had, uh, situation had trouble with AT&T. That's amazing to me. I've found their customer service to be top
4: notch.
1: AT&T. I'll tell you this. Should I even say this out loud? Probably not. Michael, what go do you ahead. think?
4: Go ahead. As always.
1: here's been my experience with at&t particularly going around to the cell phone stores your co-host said probably not if you if you go to a a store with my iphone and i say i'm on this plan can i get this and they say no go to a different store because you will get a different answer oh boy i've had that happen over and over and over again you get a different answer if you ask a different person or ask the same person in a different person in the same store But you will get a different answer. go out the front door, put on a fake mustache, (laughs) go back in and ask the same person again. Adopt an accent. Right. Hello, (laughs) my friend. You will get a different answer. That's been my experience. But anyway, the telecom giant is among the companies employing artificial intelligence to gauge customers' behavior patterns and personalities to pair them with customer service agents. Wow. I wonder if I should come off. Belligerent right off the bat, and they say, "Okay, we got we got a live one here. This guy might actually leave. We got to get him to the customer service oh, department that's actually going to help him." That's this- a recipe for a pleasant society. Well, I I i understand, but I'm trying ah. to game the system. No, this woman is pleasant and kind and polite. She'll put up with endless like my mom or something. Let's abuse the crap She'll out of her. She'll put up with endless crap, right? So keep her on hold forever. She would never hang up or switch companies. If she ain't crying, we ain't trying. That's our motto. <laughs> Wow. So be angry right off the bat. That's my suggestion. Boy, that's funny. I've my,
5: God dang it. My, my wife is so wonderful in so many ways, but she will get upset pretty quickly if she's being screwed or messed with or whatever. She, she doesn't, you know, she goes to zero from six, from zero to 60 a little quickly. That's a way to do it. Well, apparently it is. Apparently it is. And I've been wrong all
1: these years. Saying, "Listen, it's a problem to solve. Work through it; we'll be good." I'm not sure what the customer service it, it, it pans out. Just, In the rest of life, maybe, but yeah. not with the customer service people. Yeah, uh, matching the right agent to customers improves the likelihood of a positive outcome, measured by resolution rate and satisfaction scores, said an AT and T uh, spokesman that declined to uh, give their name. So they actually do take the person that seems pretty hot and get them to the "We better get this worked out" person, right? I mean, that's actually what's going on. And if you're wow. nice and pleasant and kind of, oh, okay, I was just hoping that, well, okay, never mind. Forget it. Forget it. going to stomp on you. Um, and this is what they said happens in a number of industries. And I, I've, we've all had, probably had this experience happen with like Dish or something like that. If you say you're going to cut them off, they will all of a sudden, out all the stops to make sure you're happy sure yeah they will get you the price you want they'll get you the dvr you want they'll get you the phone plan you want but you have to actually be willing to walk out the door right which, which is, is you shouldn't have to negotiate that hardball yeah but that is negotiating
5: I, I don't hate that of course i i hate negotiating less than a lot of people
1: do i, I get it for but, your boss or whatever your job but yeah i on, it's just i'm just a customer i shouldn't have to threaten to leave to get somebody on the phone that's going to pay me any attention? Good Lord! Well, oh were, yeah, it, it that, wasn't that yeah. way for a hundred years. Right? Why is it now? Right. Well, because of algorithms, because and artificial of artificial intelligence. They didn't know back in the old days. The little mom and pop hardware store didn't know they could push you as far as they could. And so they tried. Maybe they were moral, (laughs) or nice, or or had a long-term view of things. Does this all
5: get back to the whole quarterly reporting stocks thing? Everybody's just interested in this
1: second. That in the mom and pop shop of any kind, your kids go to school with their kids, and you're going to see them Thursday night at parent teacher night, and they don't want to be a jerk to you. Right? There's that. But those
5: stupid idiots have been crushed by first Walmart and then Amazon. Go away, mom-and-pop shops, with your idiotic service.
2: Armstrong
1: and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty
0: Show That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm
3: Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters—